We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.team, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we have a preseason game to preview. Recording this Thursday afternoon, the 49ers kick off in about 24 and a half hours. Their preseason kicks off against the Green Bay Packers at Levi Stadium. We're going to chat about the game. Things we're looking forward to. Talk about Trey Lance. Talk about who's going to play, who's not going to play. Let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Historic day at Levi Stadium tomorrow, Chris, or today if you're listening to this on Friday. Trey Lance's first ever preseason start. That's big time. It's going to be one of those moments where we're all going to remember where we were, who were, who we were watching it with. Yeah, what we were eating. Yeah, it's just you know the, these nights don't come around all that often. It's it's like it's the catch. Barry Bonds is 756th home run. Michael Phelps gold medal is it eighth? And the Warriors, the Warriors title in 2015. (laughs) And now this. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's a preseason. I I think it's pretty well known how I feel about the preseason overall. But Kyle Shanahan is going to play some of his guys, um, including Trey Lance. And I I think, you know, there's going to be value in this preseason. Maybe in the first two games, I don't, you know, Kyle Shanahan said he wants to play guys, starters in the first and third preseason game and not so much in the second preseason game in Minnesota because they're going to be playing. um, They're going to be participating in joint practices with the Vikings before those games. And those are going to be more important. Um, But, you know, Trey Lance, probably a series or two. I would guess. And, you know, I think that what what's going to be interesting to me about it is, you know, maybe Brandon Ayuk plays. I just don't I don't think Debo Samuel is going to play. I don't think 
Um, Trent Williams is going to play Mike McGlinchey. Probably not George Kittle. Probably not. Like Kyle Shanahan is definitely more progressive in terms of, you know, load management, um, and the way he approaches that type of stuff. So like, yeah, he'll want Trey Lance to get his feet wet and, and try to get in some sort of game type rhythm. But, um, I just, you know, I I don't know if it's going to be, if, if there's going to be anything that we take away from it, aside from like this player's hurt or this player, they came out of it healthy. Like that's ultimately going to be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance does need reps. Like I'd never argue that. I just don't know how valuable these reps are going to be. And I think Kyle Shanahan will probably indicate to us how valuable these reps are by how much Trey Lance plays, if that makes sense. Yeah. I almost in practice, he's getting like, 12 to 14 to 20 ish throws per per practice it looks like yeah i'll probably and say 30 to that... 40 30 to 40 plays right so i don't think he's runs. i don't think he's gonna bank 30 to 40 plays <laughs> he's not gonna no. play half a game but it wouldn't surprise me if they go depending on how, if if their first series they go 11 plays and he they seven runs and four passes and they look pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull them out. Like, Hey, good job. You did it. But if they go three and out on the first series, I don't think Shanahan's going to go. Well, I planned him one series and he handed the ball off twice and made a bad throw. So he's done. I think they, I wouldn't, if there's a pitch count, I bet it's like 12 to 15 plays where either one long series or two shorter ones. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious rest. Curious to see, like, you know, beyond Trey Lance, because he is the story of the offseason, or at least the story of the summer, just like what, what some of the rookies like look like. Can I, can I one last point on Trey Lance real quick before Absolutely. we move on? Absolutely. The thing I'm looking for, however much he does play, is his, like, the accuracy stuff is all I care about. Because like you said, it's vanilla. It's no game plan. Is de- So if reads are going to be weird because they're not game planning for anything, but if he's got somebody open over the middle, can he make that throw? Can he hit somebody outside the numbers? Like, can he just do those, those little, like that's, that's more what I'm going to be looking for doing those in a live game situation where he can be tackled where if somebody gets in the backfield and he does go down, it's not okay. Now he's extending the play. So that's, I, I do think there's something to glean from that just in terms of putting him on some sort of trajectory heading into heading into the regular season. I would imagine particularly with the starting tackles, not being in there, it's not going to be like seven step drop. Sure. Yards. Right. Like, it's, which, which, but that's, the, I know he can do that. Right, right. I'm just like I. I do think it's going to be the passes that he throws are probably going to be like in and out of his hands within two seconds. Yeah, you know, like predetermined. Like if you see this matchup over here, this is where you're going. Yeah, that type of stuff. Just so you know, he can't. Like I think finding a rhythm in a game scenario when your blood's, you know, your blood pressure's at a different level or your heart rate's at a different level. I guess is what I meant to say. <laughs> Um, you might be a little bit more anxious than you would be in a practice setting. Obviously, this is going to be on TV in a mostly full stadium. Like, it's just going to feel a little bit different than practice for Trey Lance. So, like, 
getting rid of those jitters and just being in rhythm and getting that initial awkwardness out of the way before week one, I think ultimately is the most important thing. So like I'm expecting whatever passing plays he runs to be quick hitters, you know, and maybe, maybe one of them is a screen to Danny Gray or whatever. Right. Just just stuff like that. I, I think that's kind of, that's what I'm expecting. And I would be, to your point, like if it's one short series, I would expect Lance to play two. I would be surprised if Lance played more than two series, unless both those series were three and out. But even right. still, I would I would not expect him to play more than two. Right. At some point, you you run up against the risk reward of it. Right. Right. Of and, and the more falling onto his ankle or knee or something. And the more you play, the more backups are in the game on both sides. And the more, you know, you don't want Trey Lance in there against some third string linebacker for Green Bay who's going to play past the whistle and, you know, roll into an ankle or something. Right. You know, so Kyle Shanahan's going to be eager to get him out. And he's Kyle Shanahan's always said, like, he's he's not a fan of the preseason. He would much rather have zero games than four. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, with three now, like he's more a proponent of there being two. Like there is some value to preseason for, for Kyle Shanahan, but I don't think a lot of it is is for Trey Lance. I think a lot of it's just for like the rookies and the other back end of the roster guys. So let's talk about those rookies then. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see what Spencer Burford does at right guard. I'm just going I'm, right to the interior offensive line. Yes. Like, or like well, a real football right. guy. Yeah. I'm a big football guy. You know this. You know, and I can't, and honestly, no, here's my hang on, hang on. I'm going to do a real football guy. <laughs> I'm interested in watching Spencer Burford tomorrow, but I really won't be able to get a lot until we see the all 22. So I'll be watching, but. I'm not taking anything away until I until I get the all 22 look. Yeah, Friday will be fun, but Monday is really when we get after it when the <laughs> Monday, all 22 is when the grinding starts. <laughs> I really want to no, see I, how Spencer Burford's feet hold up in pass pro. <laughs> you know, see if he, how are his hands firing? Right. How quickly can he fire his hands in the running game? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 seriously, like when we talk about Trey Lance, I think a big part of his success this year, a big part of any quarterback's success is the players in front of him. And I want to see Spencer Burford play football. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um Kyle Shanahan's been a little bit weird in terms of how he's talked about the guard battle and he's just been a little bit weird. He's a weird guy. Well, coaches are just weird guys in general. Yes. Um right. but like, so the question he's been asked a couple different times in a couple different ways is like, is Daniel Brunskill still part of this right guard competition? Because Brunskill's snaps have come exclusively at center rotating. Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Jake Brendel. Rotating with Jake Brendel. Thank you Hard so to forget. much. Yeah, just just a brain fart right in the middle of a podcast. Uh, totally ideal. Um, he's been it's rotating like with Michael with Jake- Jordan. <laughs> He's been rotating with Jake Brendel at center, but Shanahan said, oh, we have enough we have enough confidence in Brunskill that we know he can play right guard at any point. And it's like, well, if he could play right, if, if he were as in the mix as you're making it sound like, you know, you could afford to give Spencer Burford a day off with the starters and have him work with the second team and at least sprinkle Brunskill in at right guard 
with the first team at some point throughout training camp. But Burford's gotten every single first team rep at right guard. And given that he's a fourth round pick, which is, you know, not super high for an interior offensive lineman. But like if you draft a, an, an offensive lineman in the fourth round, like it's reasonable for that guy to be in the mix to start. Yeah, they're, they're treating especially when they don't have anyone. Right. They're, so they're they're kind of treating Spencer Burford like he's winning this job. But Kyle Shanahan isn't saying anything publicly. And I don't know if because ultimately, like if Brunskill is going to be the starting right guard week one of the regular season or if he just doesn't want to gas up the rookie publicly with what he says, because we know coaches are hesitant when it comes to talking about rookies in press conference settings because you know you don't want to anoint them before they've really earned it and i and right. you know spencer burford while he's getting all those reps i'm sure the 49ers are saying well we want it we want him to keep getting better keep getting better he hasn't earned the right for us to talk about him as a starter yet which might be why kyle shanahan's been a little bit sheepish when talking about that role but um yeah to your point like spencer burford i mean if he's good like he has super long arms physically um he's just he he is what you'd want for a Kyle Shanahan offensive lineman like he played tackle in college obviously the requisite athleticism is there because you know you want the guards to be able to move in space while also having the power and given that Burford is a big like tackle sized offensive lineman in terms of his length like he's he I you know like if you think about it there's he has the traits right that Kyle Shanahan's looking for so yeah, like you want to see how he does. You want to see if he allows any sacks because <laughs> I think if there's a concern, it's probably about him as a pass protector more than a run blocker, right? Um, you want to see how much he plays. Yeah, if Spencer Burford That's plays a huge. Yeah, if Go he ahead. plays two or three series, then you're like, oh, they're not they're not worried about him. They don't feel like totally. he needs a ton of reps. Like they're they're pretty good with Burford. If Burford plays a whole first half. Then you're like, all right, they really needed they they threw him in there and wanted to see him play, you know, 30, 40 snaps, whatever it is. So they have they have pitch counts for all these guys, but so much of preseason is is in addition to like what it looks like, it's also how much are they asking of these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, some guys like the starters, they know what they have in Trent Williams, he's probably not gonna play. Like they right. don't need to see anything from Trent. Right. Um, but they're they're different variations of that confidence level at the, that the coaching staff will have in players that's evident in how much they're playing. Yeah. The the one that always sticks out to me and something to keep in mind, do you remember Jordan Matthews? I think it was two years ago, like didn't didn't play didn't even suit up for the fourth preseason game. And Shanahan had just had a bunch of glowing remarks about about Jordan Matthews and how he was doing all this stuff right. And he doesn't suit up for the fourth preseason game. And it was like, oh man, like he's, he's, he made it. I'm pretty sure it was Jordan Matthews. And then he didn't make the final cut. <laughs> and there was, yeah. and I remember because I wrote about it, I was like, wow, this guy didn't play. And, and then didn't make the team. But to that, to that point, I think now with the three games and especially with the Niners playing the three games in 13 days, the first one, the 12th, the last one, the 25th with the joint practice in the middle. I think we will be able to glean quite a bit from from game one, certainly, but definitely from game two in terms of how the 49ers feel about certain players. 
Yeah, I would think the guys who don't play in game two are the guys you feel comfortable about making the roster. Yeah. With the I exception agree. of maybe some rookies who aren't going to get a ton of burn in those joint practices. But I think yeah. all those guys will. Like, So if we just go through it, like guys that are probably going to play a lot against the Packers. I mean, you, Danny Gray, Spencer Burford, um, Trey Sermon, Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason um you know like these are these are all guys at least on offense that you want to see where they're at and you you sort of get a feel like with the way Kyle Shanahan calls plays and you know the way guys particularly like skill guys are targeted in the passing game or even running backs are you know divvied out carries in in the running game like you want to you you kind of get an idea about how Kyle Shanahan feels about these guys Right. Like if Danny Gray is being force fed the ball, Shanahan's like, all right, I feel comfortable enough with Danny Gray to where our offense can function if we're designing plays for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And if Danny Gray is in, you know, I'm not saying he's in the doghouse, but if he were in the doghouse, you're not going to see a bunch of bubble screens and quick slants and go routes to Danny Gray. Right. So I think Danny Gray's had a good camp. Shanahan's certainly tough on receivers. Right. But like, you know, you want to see exactly where Shanahan has Danny Gray in his mind in terms of how much he trusts him right away, because yeah. you, there is an element of trust. Like you don't want to for even if even in the preseason, if you don't think someone is capable of getting targeted in the passing game or getting runs like you're not going to give them to him because you're you want your your offense to be on the field as long as possible so you can evaluate all these guys. Right. Right? So you don't want to like, oh, Danny Gray's been terrible and I don't trust him at all, but I'm going to force feed him. Like if Danny Gray's bad, then the entire offense is going to get off the field and limit your opportunities to to evaluate your your guys. Sure. So I think um that like how Shanahan divvies out the roles and calls plays is going to be telling um potentially to let us know like where these guys are at in their development in contrast to like how much they're playing and whether or not Shanahan has trust in them and needs to see anything from them in the preseason. I'm really excited to see Ty Davis price because we haven't really gotten a chance because in practice they're not tackling. And I think one of the big things with him is going to be his ability to break tackles or run through contact. And that's not something we're going to get until game time. So Ty Davis price and then Trey Sermon too, just to see, because last year in the preseason, it felt like, man, Sermon just doesn't look great. He just, he kind of, he looked slow and just kind of indecisive. Right. And that it turned out that's kind of the runner he was. Well, he's had a little bit of a resurgence in camp. So I'm between Ty Davis price Trey Sermon, and I think we know a little bit what what the Niners are going to get with Jeff Wilson. So Davis Price and Sermon are the two guys that I'm excited to see in a not so much to say like, oh, wow, he's going to have a huge year because of this. But just to see in a game setting, what are they going to bring to the table? Yeah, I would imagine like Elijah Mitchell is probably not going to play or if he does, maybe one series. Yeah. And I would say the same for Jeff Wilson Jr. Like Kyle Shanahan trusts those guys and doesn't need a whole lot from them. But yeah, Sermon and Davis Price and Jordan Mason and Jamichael Hasey to a certain extent, even though he does have a lot of trust from Kyle Shanahan as sort of like the third down scat back. Right. Um, 
I think Sermon's Sermon and Price and Mason are going to get a ton of carries. Um, and I think with Sermon, you know, he has been better this year. And I think he took to heart what happened last year in that, mm-hmm. you know, it was there were injury stuff. Um, there there was injury stuff early in the season that led to him not playing a lot, but also like the way he was playing didn't give Kyle Shanahan a lot of urgency to get him back in there and give him carries, right? Yeah, he straight up got to start against Green Bay, got a full workload and didn't do enough to even earn carries moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. He had so, zero role. Right. So yeah, you like you want to see that decisiveness. Um, I think his body is probably in better shape this year than it was last year. Um, and so, you know, I it's gonna be really interesting because running back's one of those positions where like you could see them keeping only four halfbacks, which they've typically done. But also, given the amount of talent that they have and resources they've invested there, could they keep five? And, you know, because if you keep five halfbacks, you're insulating yourselves from injury in a way that you haven't since Kyle Shanahan took over. And look, like, it feels like every year Kyle Shanahan's been there, somebody's gotten called up from the practice squad, right? Is is there any chance? Is there any chance they take a guy that, I mean, I guess it would it would be maybe like Mason because he's the only one that hasn't really played. Is there any chance that maybe his workload is less so they can try and get him to the practice squad? I don't know. I don't think Kyle Shanahan ever does that. Like he's not this like stash stash a guy. Make sure we get him to the practice squad. Like, <laughs> you know, they they're they're fine at finding out at finding running backs. It's not like some undrafted guy that they pick right. up is, is right. going to be some like, Oh, make a steal. And we got to keep him what, out. We thought, we thought they were going to do that. I had a couple of people mentioned that on, on Twitter, which is why I brought it up. But remember, I think it was, what was Jeff Wilson jr's rookie year? 2019. So it's preseason 2020. It was like, or was it 2018 is Wilson's rookie year in 2019. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was his second year. And the thought was like, hey, he might not make the team. And if they want to get him on the practice squad, they probably shouldn't play him in the preseason. And then he went out and dominated in the preseason. And they wound up getting him to the practice squad anyways. Or getting him on the roster. I forget exactly what happened. But every team has players like that. Yes. Every, every team one. has like three or four players that play pretty well in the preseason. And fans are like, oh, my God. We got to give him a roster spot because there's no way he gets to the practice squad. And then we realize that every team has guys like that. And a lot of these guys just get to the practice squad. <laughs> like it happens all the time. So, you know, I, one of the things I'm most leery about with the preseason and not necessarily this one in general, but like the Marcus rush thing will always live in my head is like, oh, this guy, this guy had like four sacks and four preseason games and like he's got to make the team it's like he's going against practice squad guys insurance salesmen like whatever Corey sheets Corey sheets yeah like you know it's these coaches have have a very good idea of where these players are at and a lot of their opinions aren't going to change based solely on what happens like late in a game in the preseason how often does a player get cut at final cuts and then go on that year in particular to have a just monster year. 
Yeah, I don't. Maybe it happens more often than I think, but I can't remember the last time the Niners cut a guy and then I'm watching games on Sundays and going, oh, wow, he was in camp with the Niners this year and he's rushing for a thousand yards. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. What What's more likely to happen is like the Jonas Griffith situation. Your guy, Jonas. Love Jonas. Linebacker for the Broncos. I think he's going to start this year. The greatest athlete to ever come out of Indiana State University. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a good bit. Um, the, it, it, right. There's somebody listening. It's like Larry Bird. That's a joke. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but like the NFL knows which guys are actual dudes and or which which guys are actual NFL players and which guys aren't like these. Yeah. There are personnel departments who have write ups on every single player on a 90 man roster throughout the league. Right. So there are scouting reports on all these guys, personnel guys pour over tape from all these preseason games. Um, and if they have joint practices, that tapes available, right? Like if your team has joint, like the Niners and Vikings are both going to have tape on, Niners and Vikings players from those practices. Um, they know who's like actually an NFL player and who isn't. And a lot of times that's not determined based on what happens in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Correct. So I just want, you know, I don't want to like harp on it too much because sometimes there are good stories that come out of the preseason and guys will make teams based on how they play in preseason games. But just like the Marcus Rush situation or the Corey Sheets or whatever else, there are a lot of these like, you know, Brock Purdy might complete 90% of his passes in the preseason. Right. Right. But like, it's not going to change the Niners quarterback depth chart. Right. Yeah. A lot I mean, of that. Barring, that barring something crazy, right? Like the that, thing, that's just not how it works. The thing to watch in, in the fourth quarter for me and, and what I pay attention, it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about with who's playing and who's not. If Talanoa Hufanga is playing in the fourth quarter of preseason games, it might tell you something about what's going on at strong safety or vice versa. If Tervarius Moore is is playing a bunch in the fourth quarter of these games, it's like, wow, well, he's probably not starting. Yeah. Or like, Oh, is he maybe not making the team? Cause there is an element too of them. Like, yeah, we like this guy. He's not going to play for us, but we want, yeah, we want him to put some tape out there to latch on somewhere else. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah. So, that's what I'm, but I mean, honestly, it all, it all comes back to, I don't want to say my interest level, my interest level will be different when Lance is no longer playing and it's not to glean. <laughs> well, and it's not to, it's more, that's nicely put. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's not to, it's not because I'm going to glean that Trey Lance is either going to be an MVP or he's going to stink or the Niners made the right pick or they made the wrong pick. It's just like we've been talking about this dude since mid-January, late January as the starter. I mean, we've been talking about this dude since March of well, right, 21. Sure. But but as a it's like the post Jimmy Garoppolo era started at the end of the NFC championship game. And now we finally get to see Lance playing a game. And there's just a level of like, God, finally to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm excited for it. What do you want from me, man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you're more excited for the joint practices and the scrimmages against the Vikings. But yeah, I won't be going, sadly. I know. Sorry, but, man. Um, it's okay. That um, wasn't a shot. That was a you being a football guy and getting more from practice than you do from games. Yeah. I mean, joint practices, the intensity is just at a way different level. Yeah. Because, you know, the teams warm up and then they'll do their little individual drills. And then it's like right into like a lot of one-on-one stuff. And you get a certain built-in level of intensity from the one-on-one stuff from like pass rushers going up against offensive linemen, you know, receivers going up against DBs, linebackers going up against tight ends and running backs. Like there's an intensity to those drills. And then sometimes that'll carry over to the full, full team sessions. Right. And like, there will be dudes who fight in, the individual drills. And then when, you know, 22 players are on the field, like that fight gets exponential. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that's, what's, that's, what's fun about it. Uh, one of the last year, and this is a complete aside from the preseason, we'll get back to talking about guys on defense. I want to watch, but um, I'll never forget Kaiser white, who was the linebacker for the chargers last year. I think he's somewhere else. This year. Kevin white's brother. Of course. 49ers legend, Kevin white. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. He was just talking a lot of shit at practice when the Niners and Chargers had joined practices in Costa Mesa last year. And like a lot of Niners guys are just kind of like, whatever, you know, what are you doing? And they were doing, I forget if it was seven on seven or full team. He was just talking a lot of shit. And like there, there were kind of like scuffles and it, it was just kind of like disrupting the flow of practice. Kyle Shanahan walked into the Chargers defensive huddle (laughs) and put his finger in Kaiser White's chest and like said something to him. And like, I was kind of expecting a Chargers player to maybe like cut, like push Kyle Shanahan or at least like, Hey man, get out of our huddle. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're not on our team. And like, I don't know if the Chargers players were like surprised, but no one did anything. (laughs) <laughs> and then we didn't really hear anything from Kaiser White the rest of the practice. Like it not not to the level as it was happening before that. So it was just like Kyle Shanahan just I don't know if so he like punked you... him, but he just had enough gravitas as a head coach not to even just walked in like he's not a big dude. Kyle Shanahan's a skinny right. guy, just walks into an opponent's huddle and just like says stuff to Kaiser White. I was like, wow, this was I feel I, like I've not seen a head coach. I could see Jim Harbaugh doing that, but it turning into a fight. Right. I feel like if you get yelled at by a dude in Yeezys, you have to take him seriously. <laughs> well, he has to wear and, Nikes on the practice field. All right. So he only wears Yeezys to the press conferences. I thought Yeezy jumped over jump, man. 
that's a stupid joke. Anyways, um, so are you reporting that the Chargers are bitch made and that's why they didn't make the playoffs? I'm not reporting that. <laughs> that's pure speculation. Um, Kaiser White's on a different team, right? Eagles. Yeah, Kaiser no. White's on the Eagles. I'm not following Kaiser White's career that closely. He's on Sorry. the Eagles, according to the internet. Oh. Um. Okay. Anyway, guys on defense you want to watch on Friday. Javon Kinlaw, if he plays. Yeah, I'm. I'm expecting him to maybe play a series if he does. Yeah, just how's he? Even if it's one series, it's three snaps. How's he moving? I think Kinlaw is going to be on ice as much as any player the Niners have. Okay. So if it's not Javon Kinlaw, I would like to see what Drake Jackson does against. Yeah. I'm going out on a limb and picking their first draft pick. I'm just fascinated by him as a player because you said it in the last pod. Like there's a chance that he's really, really good. Like there's a there's a path where he is just a dominant edge rusher because he's a freak athlete and playmaker. So I want to see him in game action. Yeah, like I, when I said that, it's more about like projecting long term. But I do think right. there's a pretty reasonable chance that he's an asset and like a very usable player as a rookie. Um, right. I don't think he's going to be Alden Smith year one, but like, right, he's going to play. I'm I'm guessing he plays twenty twenty five snaps a game. And there's a real possibility that he's like a six to eight sack guy as a rookie. And yeah. if that's what you're getting from him, like that's enormous, right? Well, right. And it's about, it's like with Lance, it's about setting that trajectory. Like what can we expect moving forward? Yeah. And if he goes out there and he just gets stonewalled a bunch of times, then okay, we'll, we'll bring the expectation down a little bit. But if he goes out there and dominates, just shows a bunch of different moves and he can turn the corner and, and he just athletically fits in a football game because there's good athletes all over the field. They're not always good at football. Right. But if he if his athleticism translates to games, that that's where it's like, man, that's the expectation now. Like you said, six, seven, eight sacks in year one, which would just be a massive boost to the Niners, to the Niners pass rush. Yeah. And I and I say he's like that's possible because of like his skill set and everything, but it's also more about the defense he's joining and like yes. what matchups he's going to get because he's going to be the fourth most thought about pass rusher when he's out there or at least the third right like if it's if it's Kinlaw Armstead and Bosa you're probably accounting for those other guys first before Drake Jackson at least until he hey, establishes dang. himself yeah so you you he might be able to get some favorable matchups there um so yeah i'm interested to see what he looks like in in game action Sam Womack's the other guy. Um, oh, yeah. I more or less feel comfortable, like, with, you know, Ambry Thomas is a guy who played a lot at the end of last season, including the playoffs. Like, he's not your starter, but you probably feel okay about him, and I wouldn't expect him to play a ton. Um, But Sam Womack and Deontor Lenore, I think, probably will play a lot because they want to give him reps. Um, But Sam Womack is really interesting because I know there's, like, an internal belief that – he's good enough to start at nickel as a rookie. Like he could potentially overtake Darquez Denard. And wow. I'm not, I don't know that he will, but like there's belief that he could do that. And if he does, you know, we've talked about it a lot with him. It's like, 
the five the fifth round pick magic that this team has and finding undervalued guys like he fits that mold this year um so i'm curious to see what it looks like with him and and how he does he's gotten more reps at nickel recently and broken up a couple of passes the last couple of practices so um i'm a i'm a believer in sam womack whether or not he starts at nickel kind of remains to be seen but he's one of those guys that i think could benefit from these preseason games in a pretty substantial way you know who i'm looking forward to seeing uh marcelino mccrary ball my guy i can't wait (laughs) flying around the field making plays he probably plays the entire second half depending on how they divvy up the reps but i bet he plays a lot and i can't wait to see him don't sleep on jeremiah gamel either i would never i would never do that (laughs) i love that i love their strategy at linebacker they have a good linebacking core, but they're like, we're not going to draft one, but we're going to get five undrafted guys, and one of whom will probably be on the roster in the next year or two, at least one. So if you really spin this forward, and I'm talking about like nine months from now. Okay. You have Aziz Alshire and Drake Greenlaw both entering the last year of their contracts. Yep. You feel pretty comfortable, barring injury, that your five linebackers that you keep on your 53-man roster are going to be Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Alshire, um, Oren Burks, and probably Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, sure. I would say. Maybe maybe that fifth spot's up for grabs. Maybe one of the undrafted guys, Gamel or McCrary Ball, can can snag that. But the 49ers probably aren't going to pay both. Al Shire and Greenlaw after already paying Fred Warner. And if those guys are as good as we think they're going to be, and we think the Niners linebacking core is a chance to be one of the five or three best in the league. There's a chance that the you're not going to resign both of them. So there's yes. opportunity right. for guys like Gamel and McCrary ball, like Al Shire was an undrafted guy to get a lot of playing time in 2023 And so the foundation for that might be starting now. Like even if both those guys end up on the practice squad or, you know, like Jonas Griffith traded to another team Mm -hmm. for a draft pick because they're actual NFL players and the Niners simply don't have room. Like that's that starts, you know, in the first preseason game. So that'll be interesting to see, because I do think those I do think they're optimistic about developing those guys. Um, yeah, why why wouldn't they be right, right? Their three starting linebackers are a third round pick, a fifth round pick, and an undrafted guy. Right, and they might have the best linebacking core in the league. Yeah, that's a good point. Wild, wild. So yeah, the, if you know, linebackers if you, if you, don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about twenty twenty three, and that's I think that's the context to watch McCrary Ball and and Gamel potentially. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing, I'm. I always look for in preseason because again, does it matter on the scoreboard? Certainly not. What? You're laughing. I'm laughing at the group chat. Oh, I'm not. I'm not looking at my phone because I'm dialed into the pod. Yeah, no, um, you're, you're a better podcaster than me. <laughs> my apologies. No, uh, shouts to Nick Wagner. We're our favorite cast member. I, I just a who's trying. I think that matters, especially when it comes to like practice squad guys. And not that we're going to 
track practice squad guys on the pod all year, but we've seen the Niners with their injury situation have to dip into their practice squad a lot the last couple of years. So it's like, who's trying? And then is there anybody who can put themselves on the map? Because sometimes a guy's just not a great practice player, but gets into games and is just different. And is there anybody, especially in the first game and a little bit in the second one, is there anyone that just stands out? Like, man, this guy's playing against third stringers, but he is by far the best player on the field. Right. That's that. So there's, it's, it's interesting. And the Niners have a lot of really good depth this year where I think it would, (laughs) I think they're favored by two and a half. It wouldn't surprise me if they cover that comfortably. (laughs) (laughs) You, you had the audacity to bring up the betting line of a preseason game on this podcast. It's a long way to get there, but I did. I really hope just for the, the, the sanity and mental health of all of our listeners to to just be very cautious when betting on preseason games. Look, I think Nate Sudfeld's a quality backup. Get some Trey Lance. Yeah. Brock Purdy. Got a very deep defense. <laughs> I think I just think the Packers third string quarterback is gonna have a hard time moving the ball. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, along the same lines of, of second, the take the second half under, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> along the, uh, the same lines as like a Mel McCurry ball linebacker Tariq Castro fields, six round pick this year, cornerback. I'm guessing a practice squad guy, but you know, barring injury, but he's going to be somebody that is probably going to be in the mix more next year. Yeah. And so maybe that's, you know, that's that's a situation that bears monitoring at cornerback because, you know, Dante Johnson, you feel pretty good about Dante Johnson making the team. Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless Tariq Castro field just goes out and dominates in games. Right. And Dante Johnson, like, like can't just look washed. Right. Sure. But like you think you're probably keeping five or six corners because Dante I think it's six on my last 53, man. <laughs> Because Dante can is one of the few guys that they have that can play inside and out, mm-hmm. and just his overall experience and and he can play safety. Yeah, and he can play safety. Like you feel, I'm sure he's probably the favorite for the fifth cornerback spot. But if just by chance he's washed or he gets hurt or and there's an injury elsewhere, Castro Fields would certainly make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, as a back end of the roster guy. So just he's he's a guy to watch and he'll probably play a lot. I would imagine Tariq Castro Fields plays like the majority of the game. Yeah. That yeah. Because he's a guy that they they probably just need to see him play and on tape. Yeah. He's big and athletic, but can you cover somebody? Kadar Holman TBD. Kadar Holman maybe in the same boat. He might start. Yeah, he's gotten some first team reps here and there with uh Daniel Mosley and Charvarius Ward sitting out. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but, you know. It's interesting, for sure. Sure, kinda. yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. Okay. It's interesting in the context of the first preseason game. Yeah, if you say so. And trying to <laughs> suss out the cornerback depth chart. Um, What do you need to see from, from Tabor Pepper in this one? I wouldn't even play him. So Show do you me, think do you think John the LS too? Do you think John Lynch erred by not bringing in a camp snapper 
to it could keep... be Daniel Brunskill. <laughs> he can play six positions on the line, including long snapper. No, I I, I think our guy Tabor is going to come on the podcast at some point. If he doesn't, I am. If he doesn't come on the pod before the regular season, and I hope he hears this. If Tabor Pepper doesn't come on this podcast before the start of the regular season, I am going on a crusade to get his Madden rating down to 25. <laughs> he is. I will not sleep. He is stuck into his take on the gorillas would beat grizzly bears in a fight thing. Like he is, he's unwavering. Okay. He does have like a like a really well-trained German Shepherd. Which is neither a grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla. No, totally. But it gives him some credibility in the animal field. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm I'm inclined to to hear out what he has to say. Yeah. My take is is like the most fence straddling take ever, the more that I've thought about it. Because my my take is has evolved to it depends on the grizzly bear and the silverback. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just like not every human it's a ma- can win a fight against, you know, some like there's a, it's a matchup level. thing. Yeah, right, it's a it's matchup, a matchup it, thing. Not there there's not the same level of fight in every human. So right. I can't imagine there's the same level of fight in every right. silverback and every grizzly bear. How good is that grizzly bear stand up? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Nature versus training? nurture. Are they training? Are they? Does one of them have a screw loose? <laughs> you know, these are all these are all questions that we don't have answers to. So, <laughs> but I'm generally taking a grizzly bear. Hey, the if next we're time we're just going in generalities. The next time somebody asks you this question, I need you to be like, be more specific. <laughs> Let's break this down. Where are they fighting? What's the weather like? Totally. That are they matters. are they in a jungle or are they in the high Sierras? Yeah, all these things matter. All these things make a difference. In a desert, yeah. who wins? Which one's more hydrated? Totally. Is is the gorilla catching grizzly post hibernation or pre hibernation? Right. What like when's the last bear's time a little groggy? Ate? This is so dumb. We've done this far too long. <laughs> I don't but, have a lot else to say about. So you're the, picking you're picking the Niners tomorrow. Yeah, I got the Niners to cover. Wow. Yep. Big big time W and Trey Lance's preseason. Starting yeah, watch debut. watch for the line to move after that prediction. <laughs> um, no, it'll be fun. Like there are, as much as I generally despise the preseason, there are um, interesting players to to watch and just see how they're used and just where they're at in their overall development. Um so yeah, it'll it'll be telling. And I think the fact that there are three preseason games now instead of four, I think that makes preseason games a little bit more interesting. Totally. Because the first preseason game when there were four just like you knew like okay, this doesn't matter at all. Like, right not even from like a roster standpoint there are zero interesting things that could happen aside from somebody getting hurt so i forgot what i was gonna say subscribe rate and review <laughs> dude do it immediately for more analysis like that yeah. 
Tabor. Hell yeah. Tabor Pepper, come on the pod. Come on the pod. You don't want to be mad. Mad. <laughs>